1: Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal.
2: Drunk here with you, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday via podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading and streaming and listening and spreading the word, and uh, we are ready to go for another good one this week. Hope everybody had a great week. I made my way back from, well, I was in Tulsa last weekend once again, Bisto Blanco, free show at the IDL Ballroom, a lot of fun. And before that, I uh, was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, shot the eighth and final episode of season one of Trunk Fest, spent some time in Denver, saw Whitesnake and Foreigner and Jason Bonham, saw the Def Leppard Journey show at the stadium in Denver. So it's been a busy week of travel, a bunch of different cities. I was in Atlanta for a day. So much going on. Hope you guys follow on social media. Twitter, at Eddie Trunk, where I'm up to the second with all the stuff going on and uh, try to do my best to keep you updated on my travels. And all my appearances, at least the stuff that's public, is on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. So please check that out. Look at it often. There is a lot going on and a lot of things to be announced very, very soon. Coming up next, this... This coming Friday, so tomorrow, if you're listening on post-day, huge event if you're in Southern California, as I do my first ever Trunk Nation LA Invasion. Of course, my daily serious XM show, which is heard on Channel 106 Volume, live from 2 to 4 Eastern, and it replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and the interviews you hear on this podcast originate there. Tomorrow... I'm going to be broadcasting live from the Rainbow Bar and Grill, the legendary rock and roll landmark bar and eatery on the Sunset Strip, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow, and a major surprise special guest dropping by. And the guest will not be announced in advance until the second he walks on the set and, uh, and joins me for the interview. It is free and open to the public if you would like to come down. And you're in Southern California tomorrow, August 3rd, at the Rainbow, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And you can listen anywhere that broadcasts Sirius XM on Channel 106. Be sure to tune in and listen to all the action. Now, what's going to happen on Friday is that normally, as I just mentioned, my show every day is live 2 to 4 Eastern. Replays 9 to 11 Eastern. The Friday show, I'm going to be on live in the 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, 6 to 8 Pacific window with the best of show airing during the day. Because obviously that better accommodates a live broadcast and uh, Pacific time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Listen to this big show. Hope you enjoy it. Again, tomorrow... If you're hearing this podcast on post day and if you miss it for whatever reason, like everything, it'll be on demand on the Sirius XM app as well. Big special guest taking over the rainbow, taking over the Sunset Strip from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time for a Trunk Nation L.A. invasion broadcast on Channel 106 volume. So that's the next big thing going on tomorrow, August 3rd. Then I'm back in Tulsa, August 18th, hosting Faster Pussycat at the IDL Ballroom. Then I'm in Hollywood, Florida, September 12th, hosting Scorpions in Queensryche, Seminole Hard Rock. And then you've got the Sirius XM Hair Nation dates coming up, including the Will Turn in L.A., September 14th. The House of Blues Anaheim, September 15th, Phoenix, September 18th at Van Buren, September 20th in Vegas at the House of Blues. I'll be at Proof Rooftop Lounge in Houston, September 21st for Vince Neal. And then it goes on and on from there. Again, keep an eye on eddytrunk.com. Everything you need to know is on the homepage. Ton more appearances, and uh, they'll be added and slotted in as we go and as I can share them and as things are confirmed. But a lot of big stuff going on and more things to be announced. Also, huge thanks to everybody who watches TrunkFest, my new TV show on Access TV which new episodes premiere every Sunday night at 9.30 Eastern Time. Two more episodes to premiere coming up this Sunday, Jazz Fest in New Orleans. And don't let the name fool you, folks. Jazz Fest is all kinds of music. And we showcase that, and I have a lot of fun. My second trip to New Orleans in Season 1 of Trunk Fest And then one more episode to wrap up season one coming in a couple weeks, and that will be from where I just was, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and the Frontier Days event, which was an absolute blast, a rodeo. Yes, you will see me in my cowboy outfit. (laughs) So it's been so much fun. Again, Trunk Fest is on every Sunday night, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, on Access TV. Set those DVRs if you should miss it. The replay is Thursdays, eight thirty p.m. Eastern, five thirty Pacific, every week, and eventually there will be more repeat airings of the older shows as we go. I'm being told. Had a blast doing this. Still two more shows. Keep watching, and I want to say a huge thanks because I can let you know that we will be doing a second season of Trunk Fest. So thanks to the great team at Access TV. Thank you for watching. And I uh, can't wait to continue this great adventure on the TV side. Hope you enjoy it. And again, if you need more information on Access TV, go to AXS.TV. It is available on demand as well on TV and TV Now and various services like that. It is on Sling. I do realize and I do hear from some of you folks, there are some carriers that do not carry it. Nothing I can do about that, but hope you can find a way to watch it. And I do appreciate the support. So, speaking of Tulsa... Not too long ago, I was uh, there. I go there constantly, host these great shows at the IDL ballroom. And I was there a few weeks ago, staying at the always great hard rock in Tulsa, and I had I I, I was brought to town to host a show with Dawkins, and just prior to the band playing, Don Dockin and Mick Brown came by and did my radio show that afternoon. And man, did we have a blast. I mean, these guys are like a comedy duo, they are funny as hell two original members of Dockin, Mick especially. What a trip. And I was so glad they came by and we had such a great time talking, and they have so many great stories, as you would imagine, over the years. So that's the interview I have for you on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Mick Brown and Don Dockin sharing some stories about Dockin and having some fun with me from the Hard Rock in Tulsa in an interview that originally aired on my Sirius XM volume show. So be sure to listen to the show daily on 106, and be sure to uh, catch the TV show, follow on social media, keep an eye on the website. Like I said, I got all your rock stuff covered, and we got a lot of rock stuff to get into. I am stacked through the end of the year, and now I'm going to be shooting more episodes eventually where I can slot them in of Trunkfest for episode, or season two rather, for sometime next year. So things are happening. And I appreciate all the great support that I have out there. Remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, do it by starting at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. And again, on EddieTrunk.com, there is music news updated daily. Right on the homepage, you can see a big trailer, a teaser for each episode of Trunk Fest as we get ready for the new ones to air. And you can also see music news, as I said, the blog, the Trunk Report, uh, become an all-access member. And hear some shows whenever you want on demand. Hear my radio show on demand, my FM show. There's merch there for you. Lots to do, all on my official online home. All right, we are going to get our first break in, then we're going to come back and we're going to take you to Tulsa, to the Hard Rock, with Mick Brown and Don Dockin on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast coming right up.
1: The Eddie Trunk
2: Podcast. Me undies, my friend. Me undies. Want to take a minute to talk to you about underwear? Yep, you heard me right. Underwear. Everybody needs it. And new is better than old. And they got to be comfortable. So you should get yourself some me undies. I got some. I mean, again, I I know you guys don't want to hear me talk to you about underwear, but these really are great. They stay put, no moving around. They are super comfortable. They really, truly are. And I got a no-risk offer for you. If you are not happy, they will refund the cost and you get to keep the underwear. And because you're listening to me, you'll get 15% off your first pair and free shipping. All you got to do is go to MeUndies.com slash trunk. That's MeUndies.com slash trunk. Here's an extra gift for you. If you order a pair and you take a screenshot of your transaction and you send it in, you will get another pair. So you get one pair for 15% off and another pair free. The first 25 people to send a proof of purchase, which is a screenshot of your purchase or the receipt, you'll get another pair of MeUndies for free. Just send your proof to gift at podcastone.com and put my name trunk in the subject line and you'll soon have another pair in your collection for free. So again, you buy a pair at the great deal. You take the receipt. You send it to gift at podcast1.com. You put trunk in the subject. You're going to get another pair for free. The first 25 people that do this, you will not regret it. These are phenomenal underwear. Meundies.com slash trunk is how you get it all started. M e u n d i e s .com/trunk Hey buddy. Hey buddy. What's going
3: on, man?
1: Hi guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the team Loveline, man. You guys remember us from back in the day? Well, we're doing a pod and we're doing it every day. And we've been doing it for a while and if you if I hear one more time people say, "God, I loved you and Adam together on Loveline." And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're doing a podcast. Will you please just join us at the Adam and Dr. Drew Show, please, at adamanddrrewshow.com. It's a great show. Come on now.
4: Only on Podcast
3: One. That's us, Adam and Dr. Drew Show. Just like the old days. Doctor's orders. Oh. (laughs) Oh, man, you're funny. Yep. All right. Let's go save some babies. Let's do it. Hey, if you
2: like this show, check out the Steve Austin show each Tuesday and Thursday. That's exclusively on podcast one. Join the pro wrestling hall of famer and action movie star as he shares tales from his new life, unbelievable past adventures, and covers all the happenings in the pro wrestling world. So don't miss the Steve Austin show each week on podcast one. And remember to rate and review. This is the Eddie trunk podcast. All right, let's do it. Mick Brown and Don Dockin from the radio studio at the Hard Rock in Tulsa on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Enjoy. I uh, just got from just back from the the plane, right? Yeah, so right, we were in Dallas, in Fort
4: Worth last night, and uh, now we're here today. So we had a nice packed house. And, tomorrow uh, in uh, San
1: Antonio, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, Austin, Austin. Oh, okay, big, sorry. Big show, big show tomorrow. So a little
2: Texas run here. Yeah, why yeah. not? Was Texas always a good spot for Doc, and I would imagine it yes, would have been over the years. It always was. Oh
4: God, yeah! I tell you, you know, we had so much fun. We were talking about it in the eighties. It seemed like every girl whose daddy owned a bunch of oil wells, used yeah, to come, used to come down and see us, you know. And uh, oh, it was just a, the biggest mess of parties. The genetics, the, you know. In the day, they all the
1: blonde hair, blue eyes, kind of curvy. It was a great time. They'd be driving around in their fancy cars. And I, all I have it. a soft spot in my heart fun. for
4: Texas and stuff, and Oklahoma yeah. too. Man, it's all good.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma had some great time. We played stadium here in Oklahoma, the Monsters of Rock. Oh, what?
2: Where, where was eighty-eight? With the scorpions. Yeah, that was just had the 30th anniversary of the whole Monsters of Rock tour. 30 years. Wow. Forgot you guys were on that. (laughs) Yeah, man. We were right
1: under under, uh, Van Halen scorpions it was scorpions uh, okay. van halen scorpions van, ha- van, no, van, halen, van halen scorpions, scorpions Dokken, us, metallica, metallica kingdom, kingdom come. come and i kept telling our manager who who managed a kingdom i said i know we're making a lot more money than metallica but can you put them on after us because I, I feel like david cassidy after they they go on <laughs> <laughs> they were so heavy and yeah intense. They were. Oh, that's
2: right you guys were managed by q prime at
4: that time right. too right and, Peter and, and, and you know so they American were such a new and exciting band and you know they played pretty fairly early in the day, and, and the crowd had lots of energy. And then we'd come on at four o'clock, and it'd be you know hundred and I don't know what degrees, pick a number. Yeah. And uh, it, it was pretty rough to walk onto that stage and at four o'clock in some of these places outdoors. <laughs> it was pretty hot.
1: So know? wait, that uh,
2: eighty eight. So you guys were on before Metallica or after? No, I don't after. Know you were on after yeah, Metallica. That's
1: what I'm saying. We wanted them to go on after us because they were killing us. Oh wow. Kicking my
2: butt. So you guys were getting paid more though? Oh, way more. So we we were around, you know. They were kind of new at that time. Well, they, they hadn't broke
1: out yet. It was the Justice for All tour.
2: So one was just they just made one. the first yeah. video, and one started to happen. They had no, no Yeah, that wasn't, yeah, yeah, that was Justice yeah, for All. Yeah, one.
1: I don't know if
4: that when the it tour happened, they did it right after. That's what one of the Grammys, the first ever event, was the Grammy made. Award. And we uh, that was we were first, nominated. For we were it. nominated it, that year for oh the Grammy. one
2: the one the year they gave it to Tall.
4: Killwright, no, the correct. year that they gave it, we lost. We lost the Metallica else. when they gave it for
2: one the video. Oh, when they finally made it right the following year, like we I were guess. nominated
1: for a video of that year. The year before, we were nominated. Hey, you Best know what you get when you
2: get
4: second place at the Grammys? It, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> 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 they move you from the seats on the floor up to the balcony. <laughs> Sit up
1: there and shut up. Well,
2: well, they're, now, they're, now they barely televise <laughs> the, cat- the category. Yeah, mix, it's, so that's
1: bullshit. Yeah, but, but it was we cult. were not.
4: Luckily, uh, we were really honored to be part of it, and it was fun. You know? We had
1: fun. Just at that time of day in the mid, think about how hot it is today yeah we're talking about August in Oklahoma and Texas oh, man, at four so o'clock and and they have to make sure the fans don't get cooked, so the sun's pointing right at the stage, so i 'm standing there literally just. Melting.
4: And the, they decided at 4 o'clock when we went on stage, that's when they'd turn the lights on as well in case there's any shadows starting to happen, which yeah, never hotter. really was. And they'd fire hose the audience down. We'd come out and just sweat through it,
2: man. And the poor audience was just, yeah,
4: I mean, they were apartment. having a hard time. Yeah, I, saw
2: the, no. I saw that show in Miami. I was working with Anthrax at the time, and we were down in the studio, and that show was in, I think, or the Orange Bowl. That was the one I went to on Uh, that. I think that
4: was the one where we hit the stage and it rained. Constantly through our whole set, and the second we left the stage, it's sunshine again. Yeah, was that a thing we so? Got yeah, rushed.
2: I may, I may vaguely remember that because I remember going under like the bleacher area because it started pouring rain. Yeah, I remember who said it? Was. And I, I remember it was it was ours. a, it was it was a ours gorgeous day, <laughs> and we literally walked up to the stage, and these
4: clouds were, you know, thunder, torrential rain. The crowd just tried to, to disperse, but where can you go?
2: You know, it was, was really was over. there. Was that what was that tour? I know we're talking about something thirty years ago, but it's interesting because it just came up that this is the under- this summer is the anniversary of that tour. It is, yeah. 30 years. Was there, what was the vibe like among the bands? Was there a lot of crossover? Was there camaraderie? Did you talk to Van Halen, or was it everybody oh, yeah. in their own camps? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Some of the times we'd travel
4: together. Metallica and Doc, and I were on the tra- same uh, travel schedule. So they'd throw <laughs> us all into a, v- a couple of vans, you know, and we'd get on the same planes together a lot, always. And then a lot of times, the, all the bands would end up on a plane. And... Uh, it would be funny because uh, we'd all be on the plane, and Edward uh, Van Hant, we it, say Edward because Valerie uh, Bertinelli was his wife at the time, and she'd be on the plane, and he'd go around, and he was very talkative with everybody, remember? No, he'd, yeah, he'd walk around, gee, 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 and chat. then she'd, Edward, Edward. Edward. Say, what, Val, Val, hang Val, on, I'm hang talking on, to I'm
1: yeah, so he called oh, him was, Edwards. So we started calling Edwards. Edward. It was like, well, it was easy because you know my connection with the Scorpions are all my bros. Oh, that's right. I sang backgrounds on Blackout. Yeah, yeah. So I know them. we had done other shows with them. So between knowing the Scorpions, I knew Lenny Wolf from Stone Fury. In the first days, I was uh, offered to do actually produced uh, Stone Fury. Oh, really? And I passed on it. And then and then doing that album, I could I didn't have time on the tour. And then and the and the funny thing is, you know, the night. The cute Cliff Bernstein was our manager before Metallica. I was with Cliff the night we both. I drove Cliff to the Troubadour to see Metallica, and he had kind of a funny voice. And he goes, ah, "These guys are going to be huge." And I said, "Really?" Because I was kind of like you know, the Leopard. You know, this was the explosion of MTB. Right. And when I'm seeing Metallica, and they were heavy, and they were great, and they had a cult following, and they were playing the Troubadour, and Cliff's like, you know, he just his first huge act was. Uh, Leopard, and Leopard was exploding. Right, and we we're on album two, which was Tooth and Nail. El- it was exploding. And that's melodic rock, and Metallica's holding their own. They're going their own path, their own direction. Right. And Cliff could see it, and I couldn't see I, it. Yeah, I remember him. I playing, couldn't see it.
4: Remember him playing a demo of mm-hmm. Metallica Force mm-hmm. to see our reaction, and we all just went. I don't get it. I don't you know? get it. Yeah, I, I do not get, <laughs> I didn't get it. it at first. You know? And he knew, he knew, man, exactly what he was going to do with them. He knew they were going to be this new thing. you know.
1: And yeah. he was right. He knew we were wrong. And he played it. With, same with, uh, well, um, you know, when he played uh, Pyromania for us. Remember that? Uh, well, we oh, well, we enjoyed that, though.
4: Yeah, he, he took us in and said, listen, no one's heard this, but check out this song, Photograph. And uh, we heard that. We went, that was wow, flirting. what is this sound? You know, it was a whole new drum sound, a whole new experience with the musical harmonies, sound.
1: But Lang had done this whole. Crazy for
2: what a genius uh, Cliff Bernstein. And, yeah, and if you Q think Prime. about it, him and Peter, and Peter, Peter Q Prime that, at that time, they had you guys, they had Metallica, they had mm-hmm. Def Leppard, yeah. they had Tesla, mm-hmm. and you know um, they
4: came from. Uh, they came from Lieber Krebs, Lieber who Krebs. had ACDC. Uh, Cliff Bernstein discovered Rush. Right. Yeah. In in one AR guy day. from Mercury. Yeah. one day, yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: And, I've uh, talked to Cliff because they're still based in New York, and mm-hmm. they've reinvented that company, too, pretty smartly over the years. I mean, they still have Metallica. Metallica's like the only act from back in the 21. day they have, because now he's got Muse and um, he, oh, wow. Chili Peppers. He's,
1: he's, yeah, well, he's staying up on things, you know? He did the run with... Uh, you know, I remember when he called me and he goes, ah, I'd like to come out and meet you, you know, I heard your, your import album, Breaking the Chains, and I'm like, oh, okay. And he met me, but I had this, this vision of this, a manager being a suit and tie, guy would show up, and, this scrappy little guy with long hair he, and looked, he almost looked like a homeless guy yeah, a, t-shirt oh, yeah. and, uh, you know,
4: a little plastic bag with a, who knows the what kind of documents he might have he always <laughs> had the
1: plastic bag he didn't carry a suitcase and he, he, i
4: remember he used to tell us uh, we, we asked him we needed some money and to get it you know to, to live because mm-hmm. that's how starving we were mm-hmm. he goes I, well, I can give him maybe a little bit but i live on six and a half seven dollars a day and he started explaining how to do that to do and do we we're like oh god <laughs> <laughs> now he's a billionaire god.
1: but you know he's but he probably, still looks the same way he looks the same. Yeah, it looks yeah. like old Cliff. He hasn't changed. He yeah, no yeah. wears his tennis shoes and his jeans and his T-shirt and loves baseball. And he's got his kids. I remember his uh, first son, I don't know if it was Sam or Otis, I think was his first son. My son was born on Monsters. His son, both our sons were born about the same time. So, you know, Cliff's coming out and he's he's got uh, Sabre, his missus, and he's got his son, Otis. And we're talking kids. And you got Eddie and he's got Valley. So I was thinking it was going to be like the same debauchery. And and women everywhere. you a hundred thousand people. And it's going to be these huge orgies and the parties and the hotels. And it wasn't like that at all. It was like families. We're talking kids. And well, it wasn't wives, on my end. And, uh, yeah, on your end, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> I was single and loving it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't call him Wild
2: Nick Brown for nothing. <laughs> no, that's ladies pretty and gentlemen, much
4: where that name came came pretty strong. There, was yeah. it
2: born on the Monsters of Rock tour? The, the, no. the Wild McBrown? No, day.
4: it was earlier than that. But I really lived up to it on that one, man. I peaked about that point. I think.
2: We, wow. are, we are talking about a man here who got a DUI Dude. driving a golf cart. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's, not, that's one mean, of my favorite stories uh, ever, Mick. Oh, yeah,
4: it's a funny one, you know. In fact, I had a lot of rock stars call me up, and I was kind of embarrassed, and I'd never really been in that. Uh, the, the press was so big on it. I was a little bit like, wow, this is different for me. Ted Nugent was laughing at me. <laughs> Better you, you than me. And, were you in Nugent at the time? Uh, I was, and uh, so many rock stars called, and I was a little embarrassed. They like, go, are you kidding? You're, the, you're not there 56 years old? That's when it happened. <laughs> when I was 56 i'm 62 now and they were like you know no one's waving the freak flag like you right now good for you You (laughs) if you get in trouble on a golf cart that's okay you know but anyway how does that
2: even happen like Uh, right how does how does it happen
4: the security guy called up the police we got into a beef he called up the police and said i stole the golf cart and the police just they just came to see, see someone stealing a golf cart I happened to be on a public road trying to get back into the venue away from this security guy. And when I came back, the police were there and they arrested me for... What they thought, you know, I had all these charges. I'm like, oh my god, Salt
1: and battery, and all kinds oh, of things. But,
2: but, Man. but is that is that even a thing? Like driving a golf cart's not driving a. Is that how can I, that know, even be enforced? I, I don't understand that. I don't You're
1: leaving out or... some. There was people. He was dodging people. Oh. Was <laughs> no, that's you it know
4: those that didn't stick. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to this day, uh, I'm going to knock on wood. Much as my head, uh, I've I've been pulled over since and uh, wondered about that in Arizona. And they, <laughs> the cops, you know, check your license and they came back and i thought oh they're gonna bring that dui thing up and they never did so i don't think it because it's not a registered vehicle right maybe you know I, I mean there's no I license plate through. on it. right so you know.
2: Shh. <laughs> all right, well, we, nobody's listening Mick. don't worry Shut about up. it we're, we were, we're worried good. for a
1: while going to europe all this tsa stuff you know and i'm thinking oh man and you know for a while no offense but you know you, you type in Wild mcbrown and the pitch that popped up was his mug shot you know, and, the, oh, and, yeah, and he's listen. got, the, and you've got this kind of shitty grin on your face, kind of, <laughs> well, he told off, me to smile, smile. What year was that?
2: <laughs>
4: uh, okay, so what was that seven years ago, six years ago? I can't remember.
2: And you were on tour with Nugent at the yes, time. So yes, yeah.
4: uh, we were playing with Sticks and Ario Speedwagon. I think it was the last night of that b- thing, and then we're going, to, uh, going on to another leg. leg. There you go. And uh, you know, just just I was doing what we normally do. Greg Smith and I, the bass player, we would get on our. Uh, find a golf cart with keys in it and just get on and go around find our friends and drive around backstage and uh, nobody you know that wasn't stealing it but when i went through this gate with this security guy he told me no you can't i showed him yes i can i have the right credentials and Then it turned into a, you know, my thing's bigger than your thing. (laughs) That thing. And uh, then I took off, you know, down the road and I realized, oh, I'm on a public road with these two girls on the back. And uh, (laughs) I've been been drinking. And they've been drinking. I thought, this is bad, you know, and I'm going to have to go back. (laughs) So when I went back, the police were there and they just tackled me out of that golf cart. I'll tell you, boy. Hey, let me ask
2: you this Nugent is notoriously a, (laughs) a teetotaler, you know, no drink, no drug, no nothing guy. He was okay with guys in his band? Listen,
4: he understood it more than er anybody. He (laughs) he he had a power and made me sit down in front of everybody and kind of... uh, He goes, listen, I just want you to tell everybody I'm sorry for spoiling the fun he goes we only got two weeks left can you deal with this and I said yeah and he asked me if I needed any help and then he laughed at me and said better you than me <laughs> he goes now you know every time I open my mouth because you know how much trouble he gets in when he opens his mouth oh, yeah, got He got said it. the news constantly and one time the Secret Service came down and, and they were checking us out because he had said something about they thought he was going to kill Obama and what they suck on my machine guns and all that stuff and the Secret Service came down and did, went through everybody in the tour and he thought he was literally going to go to jail that day I it was a very First day. In fact, it was in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, uh, that's right. And uh, he goes. We got off stage. He goes. Well, he goes not a bad show first show he goes better than going to prison today <laughs> it was quite a thing but uh what a character that guy was I mean, i'm doing i
2: i know ted and i mean he he's in touch with me from time to time and i mean you how much time did you spend playing with him uh,
4: 11 years
2: I, I mean god i mean what you see is what you get with ted right i mean yeah
4: yeah he's really a quiet you know in fact he's much more than most people see he's very generous yeah uh very generous when, when katrina happened uh he he bought 400 cots and 400 sleeping bags just sent him there he didn't care anyone knew about it or yeah. you know he's that kind of a guy he wants to help out in the right right way and stuff yeah he, yeah. Was, a, he was a kick
2: yeah no I was I mean you know I think the problem with Ted too is that People kind of forget how many great records yeah. and what a great player he is. Oh, listen, is that's another thing. Yeah. Because of all the other stuff right, because he's so around out, him. Right, he's so
4: outspoken, people take to that. And I thought, yeah. he goes, and that's what he always tells the band. I'm just a guitar player. Why are they listening to me? He goes, how about my music? His music's, you know. But listen, if, if getting in trouble on a golf cart after all the years I've been with and which is 38 this year. Wow. Uh, yeah. If that's the worst I can do, you <laughs> know, getting in trouble, that's not so Has bad. Has there ever been that. a
2: time you weren't in Dokken? Um, I can't well, remember. Lynch
1: Mob for a couple of years. Yeah. Well, you were in Lynch, Lynch Mob. Mocken
2: broke up for six years. Yeah. So but but I was... Don, have you played shows as Dawkins without Mick? Yes. yes. Has there been a few? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, well I had the cause Don
1: Dawkins thing because I couldn't use the band because we were a, a And, you know, Ted
4: Nugent's schedule started to clash with so, the uh, so I thing.
1: So I laid out. I said, when you're not on tour with Nugent, then I'll, I'll gear up. Because I didn't want to go out without Mick. And I did do some shows, you know, with other drummers that didn't feel right. And I'm like, I told John, I go, it doesn't feel right. I need Mick back there. I need my, I need my meat and potatoes, man. I need my solid. <laughs> I don't want these busy, flashy drummers they are right. making me crazy. Right, right, right. I did a whole Poison tour without Mick, and I went, that's it, I'm going home. And I, I, w- I just had it. You know, I mean the drummers just weren't cutting.
2: It. How did you meet Mick? Where where's that well, Give 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 me that story?
1: LA, I mean the Starwood yeah. days, Whiskey a gogo, Van Halen, all that was going on and George you know, and I George, George Lynch
4: and I were in a band together and Don the Boys. And we were kinda of popular in the yeah. local scene, was kinda of getting a buzz and Don was paying attention. Yeah. And uh, we had this song called Paris is Burning, yeah. which which is on which, the first record. Yeah, and that's the actual song that Cliff Bernstein said. When I heard that song, I knew you guys had something. So I came to see you play. Uh. And that was
1: kind of maybe it shows the marriage of the different people. Like, they wrote the Paris. I loved this song, but I, I changed all the lyrics and melody. I just kept the chorus. I changed all the lyrics. And uh, I call, so I always loved the song. But when I came back from Germany after my first tour in '79, I got a record deal, but I have no band. Mm. So I'm like, I got a drummer. and So I go to Mick, you know, I said, you know, you wanna, I got a record deal. You know, what are you guys doing? But I was a little shocked because they were like a band. You know, they had long hair and they were kind of, you know, the boys were like glam. They had George had long hair and they were heavy. But when I came back and went and saw them at the whiskey, I go, they cut all their hair off. <laughs> They're wearing like new age clothes and they had a girl singer. I went. What the? Yeah, hell's we had tried. Uh,
4: we had tried to reinvent ourselves because after the Van Halen, uh, yeah, you know, Gene uh, Simmons and Paul Stanley came down f- through Rodney Bingenheimer to see these two groups, which one was ju- the band that George and I were in and Van Halen, right, boys, and. and Van Halen. Uh, because Gene wanted to produce one of these bands. So they saw, for three nights in Hollywood, once at Gazari's and twice at the Starwood, they came down, and then uh, Gene told me on the last night, well, I'm going to take, and it's Gene Simmons' voice, which I can't do, uh, Mick, I'm going to take Van Halen back. But you know why? And I'm thinking, well, Eddie Van Halen. You know, he goes, because they have David Lee
1: Roth, and you don't. Yeah. So <laughs> that was it for Even some. Even though their singer Recon... looks like a David Lee Roth, long blonde hair, same kind of yeah. antics. I mean, we're the, pretty much the same. We approached our bands in the same way. You obviously. missed it, Eddie. You missed a great time. You were in high school. But it, as me as an older guy, starting out in the business, I was already in my early 20s. I saw Van Halen, played with Van Halen. In my first band with Blotzer and all my three piece band. And yeah, we used Juan to see them play when,
4: when they had none of their original music. They used to play, you know, Kiss played, and Bad Company yeah. and, and Rolling Stones
2: and, you know, it was so really saw those. those. Well, you know, it's interesting we're talking about this because there's a guy who lives here in Tulsa. Who I had on the last time we were I did this show. His name's Greg Renoff, and he wrote this amazing book called Van Halen Rising about the pre Van Halen getting signed years. Oh, so it's basically every- seventy eight back. I yeah, know that. That. We, can, I yeah, like we were 20 20 in those Germany, rooms seventy nine. Yeah, yeah, so, but what, what, what's interesting is is that when you talk about Roth Simmons going with Van Halen because mm. of Roth. If you read those stories him and Roth butted a lot because Roth was convinced Simmons was trying to steal Eddie Van Halen for his own thing. Correct. And oh, and they right. would even like he even there was a story where he even invited Van Halen to a Kiss show and left a ticket and a pass for everyone but Roth.
1: But, but Roth, yeah.
2: So there's all That's that funny. sort of weirdness. you know uh, David I'll
4: tell you what though Dave, back then Dave did really Raised the bar. He structured himself after um, the guy Jim in uh, Dandy. Jim Dandy. Dandy Mangrum. And uh, he literally kind of, uh, you know, I mean, if you knew about Black Oak Arkansas, you could see that he was taking that. But he took it to a he new level. It. He and, did. And singers weren't doing that. that. But then, you know, of course, there's Eddie Van Halen playing his guitar. And uh, you couldn't deny that either. And Eddie, ruined, okay. my
1: guitar. Eddie R- ruined, ruined my guitar career. I wasn't a singer. I'm a singer now. I play guitar, but I was a lead guitar player. I wanted to be. I wanted to be a Y&T guy. I wanted to be Dave Manichetti. Manichetti right? And you know, the first time we played with Van Halen, <laughs> it was at this place called the uh, the Smokestack, and we're down the beach, and it was Van Halen, docking, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, the band was Bobby Blotzer on drums, Juan Cruci on bass. We're a three piece. I was lead guitarist and the singer, and I thought it was we're pretty good. I had heard of Van Halen because they're from Pasadena. I was there
4: that night. You were there? Oh, you were there. <laughs>
1: yeah, but... Nick was there, but I didn't, I didn't. I heard about him and he had this missile, a real missile and he had this thing with the echoplex and smoke came out and he'd do this guitar show with a missile and smoke and, but he, as soon as he walked on stage, I was done and I was upstairs in my dressing room and I hear guitars and I'm like, oh, I thought they had only well, we had one guitar player. They have two guitar players and I'm listening to this <laughs> tapping. It sounded like two guitar players yeah. going at it. and I, I was like, what the hell is that? And I'd never seen tapping. I'm into Blackmore. I'm into those guys that play with the pick. Right. So I, I, I go over the balcony, and he's doing the two hands on the neck. I go, what's
4: that? What's that?
1: <laughs> <clears throat> it was almost like, you can't do that. That's not, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> and then that's the day you decided to ditch
4: playing I guitar. Well, Don, <laughs> I think every guitar player, the second they saw Eddie Van Halen, went, "Oh, oh, I'm going to have to But you know, to do you know, what, you but you know what's
2: interesting about that, and we got to hit a break in a second, but we got more time. What's what's fascinating about that, and you're this ta- this comes full circle to 30 years ago, Monsters of Rock tour with Van Halen, Dokken, and everyone else, is that when you read this book and you read about those early years. The guys they talk about it being on the scene as the guys everyone was buzzing about was Eddie and George Lynch. And George, yeah. So, so was there, Do, do I don't know, does and, George, listen, do George uh, and Eddie case. have a, a thing? No, no they, listen, no. Uh, right. Eddie was
4: much more advanced, and especially in a songwriting sense. George and I couldn't really write. We, we were da- learning how. They were sort of there with their, with their, you were, what 19? I mean, look at their first record. It's just chock full of these great rock songs. Right. Um, you know, and Eddie, you know, we were there the night he opened up that guitar case with this. <laughs> one knob, uh, one volume knob, one pickup, and you know all these holes in his guitar. Yeah, it's all beat up. And, like and we all junk. went, "What the hell is that?" And he goes, "Don't anybody even think about looking at it." He closed that case up, and that was the guitar that you know that Fender Stratocaster with all the stripes all the and the Frankenstein. You know, he fine, he they invented it. this. This guy was just like a it Nicholas like Tesla. He you
1: know? was like a Tesla. And I've been there. See, I people that talk about Van Halen before, I was there. Did you go
2: to any of those parties that they played, Don? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They they talk about, like, cops coming breaking them up. They just,
1: everybody go like, okay, let's get it really packed. Everybody kind of keep it down. Now, band's going to start playing this backyard bust, and we got to hurry up for the cops get there. That's how we got invited
4: into Hollywood. The band George and I were in and Van Halen, we had these great big followings. Yeah. So, and you had to have a record deal to play on Sunset Strip. It was a showcase place just for record people going, look at our new band, you know, blah, blah. And they realized that, uh, give these bands, to come in and give them an unlimited guest list. We just used to go to the beach and just pass out thousands That's of Yes, we did. And people would just show up, and, they, they, and Rodney Bingenheimer kind of escorted these two bands into that scene, and we opened up the door. So so did you, you, guys
2: share, you guys share the bill with Van Halen in the
1: early Oh, oh many, many times, times many me? times. Hey, how's this one for history?
2: Uh, Randy
1: Rhodes is doing his farewell three shows with Quiet Rod. He just joined Ozzy. The bill was his last three shows. The star, but it was Van Halen, Quiet Riot, Dawkins. I had the flyer.
4: I have one with uh, uh, Quiet Riot, and the Motels, the band of George and I ran, and uh, and probably Van Halen. Van I think it was all what on Thursday night. <laughs> So, Don,
1: you basically... I did, I did that show, The Farewell Show.
2: You basically took the George and Mick from the boys... Right. And,
1: right, and
4: put them... Yeah, Don had called me and said, listen, I got a record deal, and you guys got some songs that I want to use too. And right. I, he, wanted, he liked me as a drummer. Uh, he wasn't that keen on bringing George in. No. And George and I were a team. I looked at George and said, listen... Let's do something. It's getting late in the game here. You know, we were 20 at that time. Or yeah, time. we're getting old. Like, you know, Wait a minute. The know.
2: writing was already on the wall that you didn't want to work with George. You know, I said, I said, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I my I, I,
1: fault. I, I, oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> and I said, I'll come if George, if, if well, bring George. Goes, you know, look, okay. I, to, to, to my defense, the, this, the two times I'd seen the boys, you know, I never got to see their whole show because George would pass out and the ambulance would come. He'd pass out? Oh, right on stage. From boom, from. Done. Ge- what was George's okay. trick oh, then Drinking drugs? No, no, no. He was
4: skinny. He would eat. To overeat because we were starving musicians, really and they'd give us food or something. He would overeat, and and then we got on stage, he'd be nervous, he'd like, like a His sugar body rush would just or shut down, and he'd throw up. Like he was he, was vomit. Like, he call would it, vomit. Uh, uh, everywhere.
1: He was uh, it was like a <laughs> hypoglycemic. He's so skinny, and he you know pick out because they were starving musicians, and they give you know sandwich, and they had a kitchen at Starwood, but then he'd get a rush, and then and that's happened to me too before. I've eaten. I don't. I don't eat for the show. Oh, yet. but the
4: poor guy. I He'd mean, go he go down.
2: He, oh, I didn't. Oh, so it was that down sort for of the deal. Count, down for the count. But what was your hesitation even back then, Don, about having George in the band? I what? met him, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I thought, great guitar player, but he's a little off the rails, in my opinion. And he, he just was an eccentric guy, and and so I, but I didn't. But I was still lead guitar player, lead singer. I didn't want another guitar player. I'm just looking for a bass player and a drummer. And and Mick, you know, as he said in our video once, he said, "You know, that's my fault." (laughs) He goes, "You should get George, because they they went to high school together. They were from Auburn. They 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 grew up together. Well, no, we didn't go to high school together. Well, you grew up together. I did meet
4: him. I did meet him when I was seventeen. He was like 19. They grew
1: up together. And George is the one that said to Mick. I'm going to L.A., I'm going to do a damn, get a band and get going, come with me. He he kind of brought Mick out of the fold in Sacramento and brought him to L.A. Yeah,
4: he dared me to come down to where it was happening, happening in Los Angeles. And at 19 years old, I think I was 18 at the time I went down, and I remember playing on these stages at 19, and drinking beer and I thought wow in Hollywood don't they let to do anything you know? <laughs> and that was only the tip of the iceberg I have the,
1: I have some photos some of these people do Van Halen and stuff I have tons of photos of the boys live with playing with us <clears> and talking. <throat> and we were called Airborne then and Van Halen I have I was taking pictures all the time.
4: Really, wow. a lot of so many historic moments with I have a lot I of the stories I hear stuff. that Don and I or George were we were, we were all in that same room. We were there.
2: That's amazing. We, we got to hit room. a break here. This is just great stuff. Mick Brown and Don Dockin are here from, of course, Dockin. If you're in the Tulsa area, go out and see the guys. We'll all be at the Ideal Ballroom tonight. tonight in Tulsa. A Great, uh, fun venue. Second time for you guys t- at yeah, the we were Ideal. Here last year. You're the first of the re- uh, repeat huh. bands. Huh. Wow, you, two d- times. Those fools. Doug liked <laughs> you so much, you duped him into bringing you back. I a know. How about that?
1: <laughs> and I thought I'd be retired, you know. My birthday was last week. I, I thought at sixty five I'll be. everybody he goes. I go. I'm sixty five. I'll be so retired. Here I am. I sixty five last <laughs> week. Eddie, congratulations on all your shows. Yeah, you, you got, got un- the I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm looking at a TV show. I see the commercial. I go. Oh, Eddie's kind of like us. He just I know, I get, and and I, stuff I'm I, do, I get excited when I see stuff. I do, I get excited. Thank you, guys. I'm really I happy it. for you. Yeah,
2: it's fun. Hopefully, you'll be on one of these festivals we'll cover somewhere in the near future, but it's oh, been a lot will. of fun doing it, so thank you for that. All right, let's get a break in. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let me tell you guys about the Quip toothbrush. I've been using electric toothbrushes for a very long time and quip is really really cool for starters quip is an electric toothbrush at a fraction of the cost of the bulkier toothbrushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help you clean your teeth quip has a built-in timer that is dentist recommended two minutes guiding pulses remind you when to switch sides quip subscription plan That's for your teeth, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, and that includes free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount, suctions right to your mirror. It unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel whenever you brush your teeth, which you should be doing, of course, a couple times a day. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions and it's the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com trunk right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free getquip.com slash trunk g-e-t-q-u-i-p dot com slash trunk getquip.com slash trunk you will not regret it
5: shut it down hi I'm John Taffer you probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars hundreds of them on TV that's your future broken I'm also a best-selling author and I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses but now I'm here on podcast one with my new show no excuses i only yell at calls Every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue, insider peaks of what's going on on the set, current events and topics you care about, with in-your-face analysis, and you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people, and I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ass, but I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every tuesday on podcast One.com, on the podcast one app and on apple podcasts and remember rate and review it or i'm going to shut you down
2: true car told you about them so many times if you're looking to buy a car you're probably familiar with terms like msrp you might even know what it stands for but what does it actually mean same goes for invoice list price and dealer price it's enough to confuse anybody all you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. And we are introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you ever get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you what the true price on cars like the one you want is, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid. For that same car you want and your certified dealers know this so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business so when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features are not available in all states this is the eddie trunk podcast Speaking of the original lineup of the band, there is a new song, which is really good, called It's Another Day, that was recorded with the original lineup for yep. the shows yeah. you did. Went to number one. It's a really good song. <laughs>
1: Stayed in top 50 for two months. I was shocked. I saw the Where? charts. <laughs> Who went to number one? Uh, in what in the chart? DVD, the DVD sales. Out. Number one, I'm looking for the check.
2: Mick <laughs> <laughs> needs to pay off all those lawyers There's from the golf cart. Hey, golf the cart YouTube video, the
1: video's at a half a million hits.
2: It, a million. So, so half a million. So, um, you got that? There's a live record DVD that goes Japan. with that. Yeah. Lynch was on with me not too long ago. We did a private thing in Austin, and he came on the air with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it seems like the vibe is good. I know that, you know, you you, you love playing with John Levin, and John's a friend. And yeah, an awesome 20 player. years uh, this 20 year years. with John Levin. And I love years. John. I love John. But obviously there's always that interest in that original band with Jeff uh-huh. and George. Uh, George said just a couple of weeks ago when he was on that he wouldn't rule out doing some stuff again. How do you yeah. guys feel?
1: Uh, well, uh, we have an offer on the table. Coming up in uh, September, Mick and I talked about it yesterday. We haven't made our mind up because Mick and I make we have to think about it. I have to protect the franchise of the Mick Brown, Don Dock, and John Levin over twenty years. Chris McCarl's been in the band a long time. You know, I have to protect the franchise. He's got Lynch Mob, but you know, when these when these uh, we call them honeypot shows come up, and they say, Hey, would you would you mind if George played, and we'll give you a crazy amount of money, and and so we did their Japanese tour, but now we have maybe maybe. Uh, a gig coming up on September 7th in September seventh uh, in Minneapolis at a big casino festival, huge festival, and I haven't talked to John about it yet. But I have to keep my respect for John Levin. You yeah. know, I don't want to step on John Levin's toes because he's my he's my brother. And he's one of my best friends. So uh I'm gonna talk to John, and they so they made an offer, and I said I'll play with George. We don't mind playing with George, but it's gonna have to be. George and John.
4: It's going to have to be George
2: Lynch joins Dockett. Oh, oh so, you would, so John would stay on. You'd have two guitar Oh, right. we did, it we oh one, yeah. We did it one to. time in Japan,
4: it. and it was wonderful. Really?
2: Uh, yeah. I didn't know that you ever played with George and John played on the same yeah, stage House together. Blues, uh, yeah, Blues, yeah, and a, Jeff.
4: At Loud Park.
1: Loud Park, yeah. In
4: Japan. George was in the next room with Lynch Mob, and he wanted to play. So he said, well, come on over, play Tooth and Nail with us. And I... So quickly, uh, uh, John yeah, was like, well, part. who's going to do what? I go, just both of you play the same thing that's on a record. I go, George doesn't remember it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll be standing there watching you. And, and they did and they did it at the same time. And I said, listen. This is pretty this, cool. And this one part it breaks down to just this really neat guitar. <laughs> guitar <laughs> and that, and I, told, I told John Levin. I said, John Levin, if that's you don't push cool. George at that time when that happens, he'll laugh and it'll be funny. He goes, What? I go, it's like passing the torch. <laughs> so they got to that. Dah, 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 and here are the two of them are 15,000 people. And in the middle of that, Levin reaches up, gives George a
1: push. Pushed him.
4: Pushed him back. And George looked at him like, what are you doing right in the middle
1: of this park? And he did it. Yeah, he it pushed hilarious. away. And, and we
2: have yeah. it on video. It's just hilarious. Oh, uh, well, I didn't realize they ever played together. Twice. That's amazing. But oh, that's yeah.
4: what, you know, if he... George want, seemed to pull this new thing off like he wants to do a reunion. No, if he's going to join us, you come out and join us on some
1: songs, that'd be.
2: Yeah, great. we're not going to do a. Oh, so, the, band. so the four guys only deal is yeah, the they record. said so, they said you
1: want Miles McBrown, Chris McCarroll, and Don Docking. Let to do George this big come up play with but, and play with George. I said, but you no, don't no, get No, rid of no, our no. we don't get. No, no, we're Docking. He can come on yeah, our our stage. Yeah.
2: So you how know. much does how much do, would would how much of the set would George uh, conceivably play? Six well, as the much songs. as he can remember. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking six to eight songs. Oh, okay. So like maybe half be, the set or it'll something. It'll be a,
1: it'll be an internet, Facebook, <laughs> YouTube sensation, video-wise, because he's going to do six to eight songs. And I said, "No, I'm not I'm not. If you're listening, George, I'm not. I'm not banging on you, but he has to remember them."
4: So that's what uh, Don brought this up to me yesterday. So this is the first time I've heard of this, and, and I said six to eight songs. How, tr- tr- When's he going to figure the – you know, because George doesn't put a lot of time into remembering or practicing. I've heard that (laughs) a lot
2: lately from some people. So
4: I said, listen, he could join us for six or eight songs. That way the band could still keep going and George could be there. And so Don went, that's the way to do it. And I went, yeah, let's do it that let George
1: just do what he's famous for And that'll be fun, too, because we'll still have fun
4: with him. We could tease him all through those six or eight songs. (laughs) I was
1: shocked in Japan because, you know, my whole career I wanted to keep playing guitar. You know, people don't realize the first American tour we did with – Whoever the hell it was, we were. I was still playing guitar and singing. Mm. It was George and me. Paris is burning. We did a dual solo. I yeah. was still a guitar player. I did all the solos <laughs> with George. Let me go back and forth. I do a solo. He do a solo. I was still a guitar player. And then George said, "I want you to put it down." And Cliff said, oh, "You know, you need to be a David Lee Roth." And I said, "I'm no David Lee Roth. You know, I don't do that. That's not my trip." But I put the guitar down for for twenty years. And we get to Japan for the reunion tour, and George goes, You're going to play guitar, right? And I said, <laughs> What are you talking about? You want me to play guitar now? Well, I don't know how the goddamn songs go. I saw, the, whole, okay. the, the
2: whole idea of the reunion is people want to see George play guitar. Right. He's, he's like,
1: so I end up playing, you know, a bunch. Of, I played almost half the show with guitar on because he couldn't remember the damn songs.
2: Oh, my gosh. Give me um, real quick before we grab some calls because I know All these right. people want to talk. And we only have limited time. All right. The, we, we said the Pilsen story. We talked about the mm. band coming oh, together. Yeah, well, they didn't hear it. We'll tell so, them Yeah, quick. we we were talking off the air, but go ahead, Don. You want to ramble real quick?
1: Okay, so. You know, I get back from Europe. You know, I went to Japan. I mean, I went to uh, Germany. I do a 1979 tour. It's Juan Crucier. And, uh, Craig Beckett, Juan comes back. He decides he wants to go with... Bobby Blotzer. Bobby right. Blotzer.
4: Him and Bobby And we done... And we
1: just finished the Breaking the Chains album... You know, in Germany, and George and Mick came over to Germany. We did Breaking the Chains. We're coming back. We're living at my girlfriend's house at the time. It was the mother of my son, you know, in the valley. And I call up Mike Barney, who's a legendary guy with a record company now. And, and he goes, oh, you know, I said, I need a bass player. Like, right now. We had the Bloister Cult Tour. We're going to do a video. We don't have a bass player. And I went, oh, shit. What are we going to do? He goes, well, and we had no money. I mean, we were, we were top ramen school. Oh, boy. I mean, we were down, down, down. We looked deal. good though. We look young. <laughs> so she goes well, You always look good, Nick. <laughs> no th- thanks. Eddie. <laughs> so Barney's like saying, Well, you know, there's this guy named Jeff Pilson, he was from, you know, the Bay Area, and he's in a, a band, he's playing at a bar called The Shot of Gold, and he's in a cover band with Amy Cannon, who went on to be marry Mick Mars and became one of the nasty habits, and they were called something. And he goes, and I said, Well, wh- what part of Hollywood? I'm r re- I am i do not have any money for gas. And he goes, Um, it's like on like a mile from your house. I went, Really? A shit. I mean, a really terrible bar, like a little hole. So George is living in my house. he had been living in his Pinto station wagon. His girlfriend had made curtains. Remember the curtains? He made the curtains of the Pinto wagon. So that you know, was
4: that was my room. That was your. Oh, that was mixed room. He was a <laughs> anyway. Critic. Go on.
1: That's man. how bad. I'm just. I'm not. That's how low we have gotten. To if you, you look, we could all have apartments. We could all have. You know television it was like but or do we spend the money on our amps and our drums right. and our Just strings to make, or... hey, you about anyway music. back to Pilsen. so so we so go to the shot of gold and here's this guy with really short hair and he looks like uh i don't know something out of uh i don't know he's playing a red jaguar bass and there's a girl <laughs> singer and he's going little, little red coat but doing it well you yeah, know well. Without, I mean, wow. Okay. But I mean, like, like we're looking for a rock bass player.
2: All right. All so right.
1: I walk in. I go, God damn it, Barney! You drill, this guy's playing little red Corvette. He's on a rock dude. He's got a little, he's got a little haircut and got these goofy clothes. He looks like a little goofy red-headed stepchild. So, but we're like, look like Billy Mummy on
4: yeah. You
2: look like Billy Mummy. <laughs>
4: From lusted in Space. That's exactly he did. The he did. like Billy
2: Mummy. So I'm like, okay. That's a reference for all the fellow 50-year-olds out good. there. Jeff,
1: Jeff will talk to it, too. He does look like he Billy He did. Mummy. He looked like Billy Mummy. Anyway, so we got him. So we got him. So we, we go back to his apartment. He lives in a really terrible place. I've never seen cockroaches. When he walked in, he hit the light, and those cockroaches were scrambling all over his apartment. He lived in a horrible place. But George doesn't hold his liquor well. And we were giving us cocktails. So we were drinking. We get back, and George is drunk. And so he it, got
4: sick. We take him outside. George throws up on the lawn right in front of the Right. You know, in t- front of Pilsen's a- house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, in this. Kind a of a Dumpy neighborhood. Winch so always
2: throwing up or passing yeah, out here. T- what yeah, the hell's right going on?
1: on? Like, it's, it's That's his thing. just <laughs>
4: <It's his laughs> So um, <laughs> I, I, Jeff was like, "Well, I, you know, what do I do?" And he's kind of holding George while, while he's throwing up. And I, go, I said, "Jeff, I saw something on TV. If you got an upset stomach, if you take a, like really burnt toast, a to charcoal will filter the thing." And, and I'm, I don't know where I got this. And I go, "Go in the house and burn some toast <laughs> and we made George eat it. I don't know how he got it down. I think but he's throwing up like black. Back. Like black stuff, so like Je- the Exorcist. I when Jeff looked up at me, here's his pile of vomit and toast, and George Lynch laying in it. He looks over at me and he goes. So you guys have a record contract. I think right then he went. This should be an interesting uh, adventure. And yeah. he, we took him and you know for a lot of people that are listening, if they don't know the story, Jeff Pilsen has been in Foreigner now for I don't know how many years. Twenty five years. no, yeah. oh, not that long, but really long. Maybe twenty no, hey, so. years or so. He's definitely one of the. I asked him the other day. Uh, I think he said it was thirteen years now. It- well, I think so he's John's been a longer... Well, to... 20.
1: Yeah, right, right. So, And Jeff never played with John. Oh. With Red. Oh, no, I did. Remember Red? Yeah, oh, Jeff, Jeff was... Yeah, Jeff oh, that's was, true, that's true. Anyway, the point is that, you know, Jeff... You uh, know, was thinking, what the hell? But, you know, Jeff's playing in clubs. But I'm like this. I have a tour. <coughs> Bloyster Cult. Arenas. We're going to do a video. I have a record deal. I have an amazing manager, Cliff Bernstein, that believes in me and the band I'm putting together... What do you got going
2: on? And I got a drummer yeah. that makes great toast. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, the, so then we're off to the races. We're off to the races. I mean, it was done. So All right, let's do a break. The rest is history.
2: Let's do a break. I got, I got literally 10, 15 minutes after the break. And well, I promise you the rest of the way, I'll grab the calls. Everybody on the phone, will let you fire away a quick question. to Mick Brown and Don Dockin, who are here with me.
1: The Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: TheraWorks Relief, tremendous product if you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs and feet. Relief is finally here. TheraWorks Relief, topical foam, clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start, which is the best thing. So you can get a full night's sleep. And do the activities you love without having to worry about muscle cramps. TheraWorks Relief only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly, and it really does work. I recommend TheraWorks Relief. I've talked to friends I've recommended it to, and they love it. I have used it myself. I had a bad cramp in my uh, thigh for the longest time. Ever since I used it once, it has never happened again. True story theraworks relief it's my choice for preventing and relieving any muscle cramps try theraworks relief today experience relief from muscle cramps for yourself get theraworks relief in the pain relief aisle at select cvs rite aid and walgreen pharmacies or by talking to your pharmacist learn more at theraworksrelief.com theraworks relief for your muscle cramps
1: this is the eddie trunk podcast
2: You guys said, before we go to the calls real quick, there's something, a story about something happening in California?
4: Uh, yeah, just recently uh, we showed up really late to a show. One of our, our flights was canceled. So we get to this show. It's a really nice outdoor venue up in the wine country like Napa area. Beautiful. Y&T is the headliner because it's their area. Right. We're good friends with the band. So there's a nice restaurant and a big green room, You know, really nice stuff backstage we finished our we made the show finished the show go backstage there's big pans of baked lasagna and salad and all the cookies and booze someone reaches up on the table and pulls this big i mean a large ziploc bag yeah. of what looks like pot so one of my pot smoking friends opens up and goes it is pot so we're standing there like well, well somebody left a well this is a lot of pot to be leaving laying around you know mm-hmm. like how how, how would you leave a th- it looked to me like thousands of dollars worth of yeah, pot. So buzz, we had this guilty buzz. look of We were kind of throwing it around to each other, making sure that we were really seeing this. And the promoter walks in with these girls who were serving us. And he, what, what are you guys doing? We're like, like we got busted or something. He goes, well, we found this bag. He goes, oh, no, that's the legal amount in California. That's for you guys to do whatever you want with. Well, no one smoke smokespot. And we were laughing, like, you you give the bands this much pot? You oh, know? my God. So uh, a huge bag. As, as we do that, the guys in YNT walk in, they go, hey, did you guys get a big bag of pot in your dressing room,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Doug, the promoter tonight, Doug, did you get a note on that? You got a big you bag of I pot? So I want to take it home. That's not Even legal. Even though I, I don't smoke. I mean, I I
1: used to do, like, pot cookies when my back hurt. The THC cookies. I have my pot license, but I don't smoke. But, so I go, I go I'm going to take this stuff home. Like, is it, can I, is money? this legal? worth money. Oh, there was like, these were like very high quality, sticky and red amount. hair, big. buds. I mean, when you opened the bag, it was like, wow, you could t- you smell the THC. The I thought we're the never going
4: to make it to the airport tomorrow just from touching it. That so John, eye.
1: John's like, John was worried. He goes, oh, I'm a lawyer, man. If I get it bust, I'll lose my, <laughs> my license. An attorney, I go. He put it in his bag like he was going to take it, put it. in home. my bag. And, and he goes, well, I'm it. just going from California to California. We go, I yeah, don't think the plane legal. flight's going to work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was really thinking about putting it in my guitar case and. But uh, it didn't work out. Was, that's interesting. I'm so we, you know what he did with
4: it? We, we gave him a bad time. He walked oh. over to the fence, opened the bag up, On and YMT gave stage. it to
1: the audience. Oh, all right. That's all right. <laughs> Not the bag. I was taking the buds, the big buds, yeah. and sticky buds. I'm throwing sticky buds out in the audience and people are going for the buds and I'm throwing oh my hot buds like flowers out of the audience. My <laughs> wife. I wish I had a video of that. Who needs guitar? Who
2: guitar picks? You got right. buds. It was right. hilarious. He's gonna have a bud. Get a couple a... quick calls in here before we run out of time. Sure. The college will kill me. Jamie in Indiana, go ahead, Jamie. You're on with Don and uh, Don Dockin and Mick Brown. Hi, Jamie.
4: What's your question?
2: Hey guys, I just always wondered whatever happened to your wonderful outfits. From Underlock and Key.
4: Does Don have a- Ah, <laughs> Let me tell you, Jamie, uh, those cost a lot of money, and we wore them once, and we tried to wear them on stage, and they instantly f- unraveled and fell, fell apart, apart. And we thought, well, good. <laughs> That's great, guys. Thanks a lot. You guys are awesome. Rocking with and baby. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate Thanks. that. Thank you, man. Let's uh,
2: say hi to Stacy in Florida. Yes, those Underlock and Key outfits, very much a sign of the times Yikes. there. Stacy, go ahead. You're on with Don and Mick.
0: Hi. Hi, Stacey. Um, How I just wanted to say that, uh, Mick, it <laughs> yeah. is illegal to drink and drive in a golf cart. I live in a golf cart community. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> I live in a no. golf cart community here in Florida, uh-huh. and we we hear about it at least once a week that somebody got pulled over <laughs> because oh, usually they wow. like. I'm not the only one
2: in the world.
4: Okay, good. Well, I no, understand that, seniors. but you know. Yeah, yeah. She My mom and dad. Like have a go- yeah. My mom and dad have a golf carton. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, no, uh, I I thanks have thanks fun, for me aware I don't that. drink and drive. Well,
4: drink and drive. Well, thanks for making me aware of that, <laughs> but, and uh, I'll try and keep that no, in mind next time I steal one.
0: <laughs> no, I just think it was a funny story because I hear about it because I live in that community, and you can get pulled over for speeding if you can believe that. <laughs>
4: Well, this this Sheesh. golf cart was in yeah. no way going to be a speeding ticket. I'm telling you, uh, not with the girls <laughs> I had on the back anyway. Yeah, they were hammered. Stacy, thanks right. so much for calling right. and appreciate that and saying hi. Love you, you Stacy.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you for the uh, clarification there. Tony in New York, you're on the Don and Hey, Nick. Tony, ahead, Tony. Tony
4: from New York. Tony, how you hey. doing? Hey, yeah,
3: Tony. How, how you doing, guys? Right. Hey, Eddie. Great stuff. Forget about up, it. Uh, Come on, Tony. What are you? Thank got? you, Tony. Forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, you got to get these on guys off about a half an hour each week just for some of these old stories.
2: Oh, we get oh, yeah. well, these guys are always welcome. Are you kidding me? We have a blast every time. Well, this is what we—you should hear—we when we talk when we're off the air. The oh, stories yeah. we share,
3: you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear that. Hey, real quick, uh, I saw Mick when he when he was with Ted at an upstate con- a place called the Upstate Concert Hall near Albany. I just, okay. I saw the the tickets came on sale. I I went to go see the show. It turned out to be a little freaking bar. That um, oh, really? had low ceiling. How you guys handled that? I had no idea. Um, I'm, trying, was, I'm having
4: trouble remembering, but you know what? I most of the places did accommodate those, us. Was, I thought this might have been one that Eddie was at, but no. Um, yeah, now, I, Ted Ted has no the, fear. He shoves he all of his equipment in the smallest places, and we we pulled it off. Probably right. I know he
3: did. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was it was. I think it was a night off from the uh, the REO Sticks tour, so I guess... Ted oh, yes, definitely.
1: Uh, One-off. We call those oh, one-offs.
3: Well,
4: Tony, I'm so glad
1: you came one down off. and enjoyed
4: it, if you did enjoy it. But, uh, oh, well, you know...
3: I'm from yeah, Long Island, so I, I, I knew Greg, so I went looking to see Greg. Ah, Eddie, if you ah. want to see two, two smiley faces playing... Greg and Mick <laughs> on stage together. They you know, we were
4: it. inseparable. We were connected at the liver, yeah. I think, through that whole tour. <laughs> connected and, at the uh, liver. Man, I mean, man. we just listen, I never met a guy that we really enjoyed each other's company. And thank guy, God, because we would Craig spend Smith, all day yeah. together and all night together, I mean, drinking and having fun. That didn't sound right. But uh, uh, he was a wonderful guy. And, uh, God, what experience he has. I mean, he's played with everybody. Jesse
2: oh, oh, and yeah. Syracuse. We're running. I'm just Hi, going Jesse. quick because we got two minutes, and we to get a couple more people in. Jesse, Go ahead
3: i just wanted to say wild mcbrown one of the best timekeepers keepers of all time also don i caught you solo at a nightmare on elm street three reunion in philadelphia where you played a solo mm. set That's
4: it was right. amazing
3: you you killed it and i had to shut a kid down that was trying to shit talk you and say you couldn't play guitar you played and <laughs> sung great long live fucking docket best band of all time Top well five.
4: thanks so much guys i appreciate that Thanks Very much. nice, of you. Thank you,
2: thank you, Jesse. <laughs> Appreciate you listening and calling, Laurie in Dallas, where Dawkins just came from yesterday. Laurie, you're on Trunk Nation with Don and Mick.
0: Hey, you guys.
2: Hi, Laurie. How are I'm you?
0: Nice to talk to you. I'm good. Um, I didn't get to go to your show last night, but I'm gonna get a wild hair and drive to Austin tomorrow.
2: Oh, wonderful! I, Wait, I, you're in Dallas. Maybe. Come to Tulsa. What's that? A four-hour
3: ride? Three and a half-hour oh,
2: ride? You can make it if you leave D- right the now. The promoters right here will put you on the list if you want to come, Lori.
0: <laughs> hey, give me a number to call, and I'll be there.
2: You, you, you. you uh, <laughs> if you want, we'll put you on hold, and we'll put you on the guest list if you want to come to the IDL tonight. You just give our give the name to my producer, and we'll put you on if you can make it.
0: I will. I just wanted Which to tell question? you guys that. Well, I just wanted to tell you guys, you are just one of the best bands ever. You guys have been with me for years. When I went to the military, I had Dockin' music with me, man.
4: Lori, uh, thank you for uh, well, she's a veteran, so that's right, even more we're going to give you that's Thank you sick for sick the service. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> what, what you're saying about our band, I, I, we believe in you. The uh, yes. same thing. Thank you so much, Lori.
2: Well, my thanks to Wild McBrown and Don Dockin'. That was a lot of fun. Again, that interview is courtesy of my Sirius XM volume show over on channel 106, which is live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time and replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to listen each and every day. Of course, I'm also on Mondays, a bonus show on Sirius XM on Channel 39 from 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. There's the Terrestrial Radio Show, and there's this new podcast, uh, or I should say this podcast, which is new every Thursday and free via podcast1.com and iTunes. Again, eddietrunk.com, at eddietrunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Thanks to Katie Irizari. She is the producer of the Eddie trunk podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to the hard rock in Tulsa, my home away from home for letting me use the radio studio. Thanks to Mick Brown and Don Dockin. And I'll see you next Thursday for another all new episode. Don't forget if you're listening to this on post day tomorrow, August 3rd, if you're in Southern California, we're taking over the rainbow 6 to 8 PM Pacific. Listen to it all happen with a major surprise special guest, on channel 106, on volume on Sirius XM. And, of course, uh, you do not want to miss that and do not miss the newest episode of Trunk Fest this Sunday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, on Access TV, this one from Jazz Fest. Thank you for watching the new TV show. It is greatly appreciated. Have a great week, everybody. Catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. (laughs)
3: Checked out the big podcast with Shaq here at Podcast One. Yeah, we talk basketball, but we're a lot more than just sports.
2: I met this fabulous lady. She uh, had to be in her seventies. Knew everything about me, knew everything about sports. And the last thing she says, I love your podcast. And wow. Said, you oh, but I hate that John. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: no. That's terrible. Listen free to the big podcast with Shaq exclusively on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review.